Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, so a couple things here on the D'Amico Ryan's front. I'm, I'm looking... It's funny the way this is getting framed for the Texans. Let's do an audio version first. And then I, I was just, I just had a, a Twitter poll brought to my attention that's very funny to me about D'Amico Ryans as well that we will get to. Here was Keyshawn Johnson. Seth, you found this. This was yeah. on Keyshawn Johnson's morning show that he does with Max Kellerman and, and Jason Williams on ESPN. And I'll let you set this up because Keyshawn frames this in a way that I was very disappointed in a former NFL player. Uh, yeah, Keyshawn is upset that he started off saying he was happy that D'Amico got this job. Um, and then, honestly, I can't imagine uh, both a bigger indication that he hasn't actually been paying attention to the NFL coaching searches at all, but also basically insulting D'Amico Ryans by questioning why on earth uh, he would take this job with the Houston Texans. Why does he have to take a bat? I know he doesn't like have to. Three it's tombstones we've seen from this job. Because if he, if back he, does, back if back he doesn't take this job, he may never get another one. Right. Right. So you have to. You, yeah. You get. It's almost like you got to do it. Well, you're gam. You're, you're rolling the how dice. How come if he you don't? can't? How come he can't get a uh, uh like the Panthers' job? Yeah, get a Panthers uh, job or a Denver Bronco job. Yep. Why does he have to get a <laughs> that job? No, no, that look, job. look you guys are white about that. Listen, <laughs> Kellen Moore is out in Dallas. Yeah, so, uh, so Max Kellerman throws the last little. You know, basically, the Texans are getting a lot of flack for hiring too many black head coaches. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, what the hell are we doing here? What are we doing here? I, I, I understand and I get that after the – the two coaches, you would raise your eyebrows at the very least and say, all right, hey, what is going on here? Are they only hiring black coaches because uh, they just want these guys to check off a box until somebody else gets hired. And each time they'll say, well, let's see who they hire. And then they go and they hire, potentially, if they hire D'Amico Ryans, a black coach, and it turns into somehow this is now a bad thing because D'Amico has to take a job with the Texans. No, no, Keyshawn. D'Amico may have been the most highly sought after, most intriguing candidate in this job search. He's turning people down. He's pushing other teams away. It's just people are so God, so dang locked into this need to virtue signal by saying that the Texans are the worst place ever and just a bastion of all things horrible that anybody that would take a job there must be doing it under extreme duress. Stop insulting D'Amico Ryan's Keyshawn and acting like, oh, he was forced into this because this was the only job he could have. And what the hell? Wait a minute. Where the hell does anybody get off 
acting like the Carolina Panthers are a prized destination for anybody. What the hell was that? Who the hell is Keyshawn Johnson? A man, if I remember correctly, once agitated for Tony Dungy to lose his job when he was a player on that same team. Fact check me on that. Remember when he said, oh, bring in Bill Parcells, the guys that actually know how to take care of business? Yeah. Uh, no, Keyshawn. D'Amico has options. D'Amico looks like he's choosing the Houston Texans. It's just let it go, man. Just let it go. Yeah. Absurd. This is where when shows like that are allowed to operate at 50,000 feet, yeah. they can just do they can do drive-bys on the Texans really really easily and just kind of and, and just kind of sashay past it. And you when you heard Max Kellerman at the end just Okay, well, on to Kellen Moore. You know what I mean? Like, well, hey, you know, let's you know, let's yeah. pinata the Texans for thirty seconds on some fifty thousand foot narratives. Call Denver and Carolina better jobs than the Texans, right. and move on to Kellen Moore and, taking the Chargers job. So my my issue with Keyshawn is on a football level, and, and like and a knowledge of the situation level. Yeah. I'm not going to touch the racial side of it um, when you know if I'm if I'm talking to Keyshawn or somebody like that, other than to just point out that they are hiring. Uh, they're getting a lot of flack for probably hiring three black head coaches in a row. Right. Um, as far as Kellerman goes, Kellerman, I'll put my eyes sights on you, uh, dead ass, and 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 say yes. This is um, it's very 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 easy for guys like Max Kellerman to just uh, to just lob lob a, a fireball into the city limits and then just keep driving on along um and basically act like i i see what's up i know what's going on i i get the deal i i i really um i think about these things and i'm one of the good guys no you're this is what this is what i would love for guys like max kellerman to do talk to some actual black houston texans fans you know, like like you and I do, Sean. Yep. And we have some we have some Texans listeners, some black Texans black listeners to our show who, um, yes, have very much a lot of concerns about the Texans. We have other shows who have concerns about the Texans, even on the racial side of things, but who will also say, "Look, this this ain't it." Like what you guys are saying, this is this ain't it. Right. So like, talk to some actual. I'm sorry, like as you're as you're trying to stand up and be the the noble good Samaritan here. Talk to some actual black Texans fans before you act like you're standing up for all of them. Right. See what it, see, yeah. see what they thought of David Cully and Lovey Smith and the job. Yeah. 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 I mean, like obviously our listeners are you know one segment, uh, one small segment of a society. But as far as our listeners go. Like there's a diversity of opinions about it, and it's not based on the color of the the opinion holder's skin. That's right. At least, at least not like Max Kellerman and these guys want to believe it is. How about this, Seth? So this guy named Cole Wright. This just got thrown onto my timeline here. John Crumpler, who writes for Texans Wire, retweeted this. Cole Wright, whose bio on Twitter says that he is uh, he's with FanDuel. It looks like he's. He's uh, the marqueesportsnetwork.com. He's got 12,000 followers, whatever. I just found this funny because it's probably, it is probably, he's out of, he's based out of Chicago. Yeah. He put up this poll. If you're D'Amico Ryans, do you take the trash Houston head coach position given the <laughs> franchise's track record? If you were Ryans, what would you do? And then in parentheses, the Texans haven't exactly set themselves or their head coaches up for success. So he's putting up a poll. While clearly like putting up what his opinion is in the poll, like yeah, yeah, do you yeah, take yeah, the yeah. trash Houston head coach position? Accept the position. This is the funny part. It's got about a thousand votes. Accept the position. 
has 82% of the votes. <laughs> so this guy... Where's this guy out of? This guy, he's based out of Chicago, MarqueeSportsNetwork.com. I, I mean, well, yeah, because Chicago fans... like, see, Chicago fans get it. Denver fans are delusional right now. Denver fans still think that they have a marquee spot yeah. because it's nice to live in Denver and because they were good a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, somehow they believe that these last six years of incompetence are somehow uh, just uh, to be washed away and that the brand new owners who are committed to Russell Wilson uh, are because they can spend a lot of money as opposed to other billionaires. This is the, okay, these, these damn people in Denver, they don't understand that. Do you understand there are multiple Walmart heirs now? Just because they're not the only owners of Walmart. The actual, like, Walmart Corporation does not own the Broncos. And also, excuse me, excuse me for somehow getting confused with somehow Walmart being associated with exorbitant spending. What the hell is wrong with people? How the hell How the hell are people acting like, well, oh, the Walmart money. There's one thing I, I know, know about. Man. There's one thing I know about Walmart. I was, in, I was at Walmart yesterday in all kinds of fur coats walking around in there. Brightly watches. Well, yeah. yeah they, they, uh, Dude. I'll tell you what. Yeah, watch out, though, because I hear the penny saver is interested in the Cardinals. The, so if uh, if the penny saver comes in, they got that penny saver money. You better uh, you better watch out. We all Walmart. know. I'll give it a run for your money. We all know the hardest thing about going to Walmart is navigating the long line of limousines parked in front of it. <laughs> like one of the one of the things they would always say about Sam Walton was, "Hey, man, the guy he was the world's richest guy at one point, and he was still like he would drive." You know, he would drive his old pickup truck yeah. for 10 years at a time. Yep. He just, you know, he, 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 he lived it. He lived it. He, he lived a just conservatively financial living. <sighs> um, so yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, so shifting gears here, Payne and Pendergast on a Tuesday morning. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep in tune on the D'Amico Ryan's news as it comes out. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at one of literally one of three articles I read yesterday that have the same theme. What's wrong with Tony Romo? Why he might be regressing? This is the story right now in broadcasting is how did Tony Romo go from being so hailed as some sort of trendsetter and standard setter in broadcasting to being a punchline right now? Like he's has anybody yeah, has anybody around the NFL game Seth had their had their stock drop further than Tony Romo in the last? Maybe Russell Wilson, and that's about it. That's all I can think of. He's the he Russell is, Wilson of broadcasters. He, I gotta think that Cowboys fans are like retroactively angry again at various Tony Romo performances because I think it's pretty obvious to them now. Like, oh wow, he uh, showed some promise, got a huge amount of money, and then just kind of phoned it in. And that feels a whole lot like his NFL career as yes. a quarterback, too. Yeah. Boy, wow. Wow, look at all this promise. But, like, uh, I don't know. Jimmy. Should I throw this football? Okay. Oopsie. Okay. Yeah, with no Jim Nance to bail him out on the football field. That's true. <laughs> this article on frontofficesports.com has a handful of theories as to why Romo may have fallen off. I want to float these to you, and you tell me if these are valid. The one is, the first one is, let Romo be Romo. In other words, he doesn't do as much of the Romo Stradamus stuff that he used to do. Yeah. Um, so let him get back to 
trying to call the play. I don't know, man. Like he's, I don't think he's that good at it he anymore. He's awful at it. Yeah. He always was. He always was. And that's what used to drive me insane. There's a small group of us who, from year one with Romo, have been looking around and wondering, like, what? why are people making a big deal out of him getting the call right, like, 40% of the time? 40%. Like, he, he was, I mean, he would be wrong so much. But at times, especially back when he was still fresh off game planning for these teams, he would have a pretty good feel for what could ha- could happen. Um, but people would just weirdly ignore when he would say, oh, we got a run coming up the middle here, and it would be, like, a deep ball. People just kind of forget the things – that he said beforehand. Yeah. And I, I guess now they're noticing it because he's not offsetting it. He says a lot of wrong stuff before the play, and people are noticing it because he's not offsetting it with any brilliant prognostications like he was before. Second theory on why Tony Romo has regressed. He needs, oh, we're only at number two? He needs coaching. Um, Dick Ebersol, Dick Ebersol yeah. former head of, ES, of NBC Sports, um, said that uh, – this is somebody who should be an announcer for the ages, but clearly he has lost his passion for it. This this bullet point says that he basically needs a needs coaching to remind him that his passion for the game is what got him to there in the first place. Yeah, I think uh, his passion for the game, I suppose, but I, I, I don't think his passion ever included actually committing uh, actual time to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, like from the very get go. Remember the criticism of him going off to Cabo with Jessica Simpson during the off week of the play? Like, he's never been committed to anything, as far as we can tell. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that Ebersol all of a sudden is going to come in and, uh, and, and be the salve for a Tony Roma who is never actually all that good to begin with. Here's a theory that I saw espoused in multiple articles. I'm kind of skipping around here because I, yeah, I want to yeah. make sure we get to the good ones. Um, that the NFL has changed since Romo retired in 2017 and that he's a quarterback and he's the one who, in, as far as insight goes, probably more on the offensive side than the defensive side, that since 2017 there's more spread formations, there's more spread elements, that diagnosing what teams are going to necessarily do out of certain formations has become harder for him because the game has changed significantly since 2017 when he left. Does that hold yeah, water? That's uh, that holds water. Um, it's just it's not it's not like it's actually changed all that much. It's just it's he doesn't have the spoon fed information that he once had, mm-hmm. um, or the familiarity. You play against teams enough, and you you start to get that feel for it. I, you know, him actually being, it is impressive that he was doing it in the AFC after spending his career in the NFC. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, like he did. Um, so I think there was a lot that was more fresh in his mind. But like Sean. I, this isn't even because this doesn't even touch the surface. People are acting like the prognostication was the big deal, and he doesn't do that now, so he's lost the brilliance. He has clearly, in so many games, not done a bit of preparation. Either that, or he's stupid. It's one or the other. I don't want to lie. I don't want to slander the guy. I would say, in my mind, he either has spent zero time preparing for these guys, other than showing up for the interviews of the coaches beforehand, or he's just really, really stupid. It's one of the two things. I mean, during the game the other day, it was he had never heard uh, Burrowhead Stadium he hadn't, before. He had like this is simple. Read an article or something, yep, man. Yep. It, it just um, it's bad. It's hard to watch because he, he doesn't understand what's going on half the time either. Here, here's another good one. I think this plays into what you were just saying about you know do something during the week. The other analysts on the other stations, the A-listers, the Aikmans, the Olsons, the Joe Bucks, the Kirk Herbstreets of the world. Chris Collinsworth, they do a lot of media during the week. They're out there. They're out in the market. They're giving interviews leading up to the games. They participate in podcasts. They chat up 
sports media critics on a first-name basis, that helps slant the coverage in their favor. That The only time you ever see or hear from Romo is for three hours on a Sunday is probably one reason why maybe we're being as harsh as we are right now. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, is that valid? I, uh, yeah, I think that's valid. I think that also, though, I, like I said, I, there are a lot of people in, in, like, in some of the like NFL, like really smart NFL people, high profile people from year one that I would talk to, um, or really just, they could see this coming in a lot of ways, including not being that impressed in year one. There are a lot of, look, a lot of the color commentator guys are really bright guys that could have been doing and could still do because they actually work at it, could still do what Romo do, does, but it's just, it, it gets annoying to people. Um, but they they could do it. Yeah. They don't because it's annoying. Uh, Romo just flat out can't do it anymore. Yep. It's not that it didn't get – yeah, and does it not sound like Jim Nance is annoyed with him a lot of a the time? A little bit. Too? Okay, and I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. This is the last one I'm going to do here, this theory on why Romo has regressed in our eyes. Quite simply, he yells too much. <laughs> he, yeah. And this is what they say in this front office sports article. Many viewers appreciate Romo's fan-like enthusiasm, but the yelling can be a bit much, especially when he steps on Nance's play-by-play calls. Quote, yeah, I get that because I've. I, yeah. It's obvious he doesn't watch his own broadcast because if he did, he would change. End quote. I don't know about that second part. Yeah, because maybe he he gets a lot of positive feedback for that too. Yeah, but yeah, like I I I know that because there's people that are put out by my. I don't shout as much as I used to, but there's mm-hmm. people that just flat out don't like it, especially at six fifty one in the morning. <laughs> so uh, like I get that. Some do. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, some do, some yeah. don't. That, I feel, is more of a personal taste. Sure. Like, the sounds and the voice. I've seen uh, somebody, writ- another article uh, pointed out his sounds that he makes as a negative, but he's always done that. Yeah. So that's a personal taste thing. Somebody, you know you know who's pissed me off about, the most about this, Sean? Who? The freaking Brandy. Your Brandy, wife? You, yes. In year one, she did not like Romo at all. And <laughs> I was kind of, I was like, all right, well, I, you know, I'm not impressed by the prognostication, yeah. but I think there's something there. He's got a lot of energy and he's got passion and he makes it fun. And she was just not seeing it. And now she kind of enjoys that he's a happy idiot. Uh, and I'm, really? I was pointing out all the things that you just brought up. And she's like, yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so now I don't know what to do with her. Okay. I, just, I wonder, yeah. do you think she represents a big swath of the audience out there? I think there are a lot of people that just enjoy having somebody that's not taking it so seriously. Yeah, I think so too. You know, Probably. there's there is that. Is like Ross Tucker when he does a game. Ross is very bright, obviously, but he has a lot of fun with it. And there's probably people that don't like that, but he's not. <sighs> Romo can't put a sentence together. Did they bring that up in the article? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't see it here. Honestly, no. listen, listen to the broadcasts. He cannot speak in complete sentences anymore that's the part where during games people will say on social media you see a lot of comments in the vein of is tony romo okay is tony romo drunk what happened to tony romo because he can't speak in complete sentences which is frowned upon with broadcasters yes yeah yeah that's it's (laughs) part of the job yeah (laughs) let's do the next segment without speaking in any complete sentences okay here's the thing someone's probably going to be able to find on the podcast a segment where we did that but unwittingly (laughs) oh no 100 percent. everything i'm accusing tony romo of doing i do myself right but you don't make 18 million a year Oh, but even if I did, I do it. I do it in a better and more entertaining way. For sure, you would. Yeah. (laughs) No, this is the problem though. Roma doesn't have enough personality to make up for 
the other stuff that he's not doing anymore. Yeah. He tries to tell funny stories, and it's impossible to even understand <laughs> what story he's it's telling. It's true. It's true. You know when you're stuck with a bad storyteller and they're telling you a story? I have three and a half hours of that with a football game. <laughs> uh, Remember when he tried to tell the story about last year, the uh, the Bengals kickers yeah. saying, basically, hold my beer, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or we're going to the championship game, whatever it was. He botched that story so badly to the point where you could tell, I think he had just heard somebody talking about it in the elevator. Yes. It, it was really bad. Yeah, somehow yeah. he like made the kicker sound worse than, like, he, like it, it, the way he told the story... Yeah, the, the story was all about kind the, of way. the story was really about the kicker sounding like a cold-blooded assassin yeah. in a good way, and it he told the story in such a way that it made the kicker sound like some hayseed that had just gotten off the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was weird. It was weird, like Tony Romo in Dallas. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Where Jessica Simpson took his virginity. virginity. Uh, <laughs> so D'Amico Ryan's D'Amico Ryan's. It sounds like he's going to be the next Texans head coach. Uh Popular moves, popular acquisitions, signings, trades in Texans history. Where would this stack up? I'm going to rapid fire a few of these and see if D'Amico Ryans clears the bar on all of these. We will do that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 